0: Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway.
1: And I'm Marinella Mazzucato.
0: Well, Marinella, it's bad luck when we record, I think, because it is Friday, June 24th, and um, we just a couple of hours ago saw that the Supreme Court has decided to overturn Roe v. Wade. And uh, even though we talked about this before, there was the leak, and we knew this was coming, I just feel rage today. How about you? How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was already kind of a rough day. But when my coworker announced that she was going to get her tubes tied at age 24, I thought, what's going on? (laughs) She's like, they've passed it. It's happening. I was like, you know, I mean, as if it wasn't a bad day already. Let's just throw some of that on there. They did lube us up by having this leaked first. So I think maybe the shock factor Almost as if it was planned. <laughs> right,
0: right. Yeah. The shock factor wasn't there, but the level of rage was just as high. Um, that has not dissipated at all. I know uh, there's certainly probably going to be protests today and over the weekend. And, you know, look. You and I have said in the episode we did, uh, girls just want to have fundamental human rights, that um, this is going to be an ongoing discussion for us. So I'm I'm sure we will revisit the topic again. Uh, But we didn't want to not acknowledge it, since whenever you do listen to this episode, uh, that decision will be, you know, you will have known of it. So here we are, acknowledging the shit that it is.
1: Yeah, there's definitely like a sadness in the air for today. Yeah. Well, one more quick bit of housekeeping before we get
0: to our topic today. Uh, Just a reminder that next week we are recording an episode, Ask a Lesbian. Marinella is going to answer all of your questions. So if you haven't yet submitted a question and you want to, uh, I will put our email address in the episode notes you have until June 28th to do so cuz that's when we're going to record. So,
1: do we have some questions in there yet? We do. We okay. do.
0: As I said last time, I believe, a lot about Subaru's and flannel. So, uh, let's <laughs> bring it on. So, either send more of those and we can just do a themed uh episode or You can branch out and ask other questions i'm really excited (laughs) (laughs) me too me too um okay so today we are talking about all sorts of firsts our first experiences and first exposures to different aspects of the lgbtq experience um, and the community so i thought it might be a good place to start with When did you first become aware that there was, you know, like an existence of same-sex
1: relationships? Oh, man. I don't think I saw any of that in my life until I got to like middle school in Florida. Like I just didn't, that was not a presence in my life at all. And I don't think I ever saw anything on a movie about it or anything like that so I had to probably be like 12 13 before I really actually saw some representation mm-hmm. whether it be somebody walking down the street with another man or a woman you know hand in hand that was probably it yeah I don't know
0: I don't have like a specific memory it's not like a moment in time in my mind I feel though some of my earlier memories are, and I, and I, it's kind of sad saying this coming from the perspective that I have now, but my earliest memories were kind of comments made by friends or family friends of like, so-and-so, you know, lives with their longtime roommate of the same sex, like that I think was how it was slowly introduced to me is like these two men or these two women have like had a lifelong roommate that they live with and it wasn't very well explained. It's only now that I pick up on like oh they were in a relationship together but they couldn't be open about it and it had to be you know kind of couched as we're roommates because it's not socially acceptable to acknowledge that we're in a relationship.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't even. I don't even know if I knew anybody that would lie to me about something like that either. I just genuinely think we just didn't grow up around anybody gay, that was out.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like I said, I I kind of remember just, and it was a, like a side commentary. It was never discussed further. It was never explained to a child, right? Because to child me, roommates mean like okay, roommates. And then mm-hmm. it's only me as an adult reading between the lines of what they were actually telling me. I was like, "Oh, that's not what they were saying."
1: Guess they were woke enough to say that they were roommates at least. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess.
0: I guess that was maybe progress for the early and mid nineties. <laughs> it was okay, yeah. Ooh, so I this kind of leads to. My next question, which might be a similar answer for you, but you know, was it ever discussed in your home at all? And you know, what was the first time you ever talked to any of your family about homosexuality? Was it when you came out, or was it ever a discussion beforehand?
1: I don't think I ever talked to my family about homosexuality. I think that the first time I might have talked to them about it is when they met my high school best friend at the time who was a very very flamboyant guy however he did not ever come out of the closet he was not openly gay but I remember them saying things like we don't know if you should be hanging out with somebody like that you know like might give you ideas stuff like that where I was just like what are you talking about like I knew he was probably gay they knew he was probably gay he knew it but he didn't have the wherewithal to, to be talking about it yet, and just the more and more they would say it, the more I would think: if anything, hanging out with a gay guy should be making me more interested in men, because that is all he's talking about. Like, <laughs> it's not making sense to me that like that's gonna be like oh all of a sudden like because all of his friends were straight women, they liked guys. I was I mean I was surrounded by dudes all the time
0: dick everywhere yet still not interested
1: yeah yeah but that was probably the first time they were like willing to talk about it almost as if it's like a warning that perhaps i may get the wrong idea Hmm. so like 15 16
0: so different experiences with my mom and my dad my father and i i don't think have ever really discussed same-sex relationships at all um maybe as an adult we've had a couple of conversations and i don't know i i I don't know that my father has necessarily a strong opinion any which way i think he more is in the camp of do what you want with your life you know my mother though she was certainly the first person that ever genuinely had any conversation about same-sex relationships with me And I have a a distinct memory of, I think I might have been eighth or ninth grade. And she was a big, she used to read a lot of like nature, World Geographic type magazines. And I remember her one day bringing up a conversation about, I think it was rabbits or some species of animal that she had read about in one of these magazines and how if they were overpopulated in the area they lived, some of them would then form same-sex couplehoods instead of having like, heterosexual couplehoods and reproducing. And my mother very much couched the conversation as, look, this happens in all types of species, humans and other animal species, and it's just a normal part of nature. And at the time, I was just like oh okay uh, that's great and I didn't think much of it but now as an adult I think back to that conversation and I'm very appreciative that that was like the tone my mother set as like this is normal it's natural humans aren't the only species on earth that uh, have same-sex relationships
1: that's a good way to talk to your kid about it because I mean it's not exactly like going into like much I don't know how age appropriate you feel like somebody would be to talk about like relationships and stuff like that sure. but you know it's kind of setting the the tone actually mm-hmm. I'm thinking back like maybe I wrote in a journal when I was a little kid and I remember writing something in a journal like I think I'm gay as like a little kid so, I knew what the term meant, and I know my mom like was the type of person that looked through my shit all the time, like ripped it apart all the time, like I had no privacy, so I feel oh, like she probably that must part's have not good, yeah, I feel like she probably might have seen it, but i don't I don't think she ever I don't remember her ever being like, "Hey, I read your journal, and maybe something that I could talk to you about, so yeah. Well, I
0: was, as a child, obsessed with David Bowie. And my mother always talks about David Bowie being my very first crush. Um, I certainly loved him in Labyrinth, but I also loved his music. (laughs) And (laughs) I wish I could know now, but sometimes I wonder, did my mother perhaps think it was a possibility I was gay or bisexual? And she was (laughs) like, that's... What encouraged her to have these conversations? Because <laughs> she was probably, yeah. like, oh my gosh, I've got this tomboy daughter. She's obsessed with a man who expresses himself in an androgynous way, in a unique way. You know, not really gender conforming. She's like, she's probably, you know, I should talk to her and and help her realize it's normal and okay. Um, but really, I just thought David Bowie was kick ass, and I'm not wrong
1: yeah i mean who are the other pop stars of the time like michael jackson yeah i, I mean I there, think were I the right girl, there were a lot of girls there are a lot of girls who had crushes on michael jackson and i was always just like what is happening <laughs> i mean yeah he was he if, if it was michael jackson i think well, you could possibly be a lesbian i don't know what's
0: interesting about david bowie i don't know if you've <laughs> seen the movie labyrinth or remember it but he wears those tight spandexy pants And he definitely has a package in it. Now, whether it's his real package or they gave him some sort of prosthetic or whatever, I'm not sure. But why my mother would think I may be gay when my first crush was a man with a very (laughs) visible package and tight spandex,
1: I don't know. It's that or she was so comfortable talking about it because she's like, I don't got to worry about this one. She's. She knows what's up. She's looking straight through those tights.
0: <laughs> yes, that was definitely it. <laughs> um, but then also, I remember, which I talked about in your the episode we did about your coming out, when I went to prom with R, my friend, uh, my mother was very happy that I was going with my gay friend because we lived in a conservative area and she was worried that he you know wouldn't be accepted or wouldn't have friends to go to something like a, a prom like a rite of passage type event so she was very supportive of me <laughs> going to prom with him even though I told her I was not gay but indeed he was
1: so score one for mom again <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah she did well um, so again I feel like you kind of have alluded to this but do you remember the first gay couple that you met in real life
1: um the first gay couple I met in real life I think honestly it was when I got to college and I started like going to that pride alliance and like going to parties and it was very like foreign for me to walk into a party and see two, like, chicks making out. I just was just like, this. I've never seen this, you know? It, and it was almost like, I don't know, it felt so, like, taboo, but it was normal, you know? It just seemed like something that shouldn't be happening that somebody was going to get pissed off about.
0: Hmm. Well, that's so interesting, right? Like, when we don't. We don't normalize things and we don't represent them and show them and embrace and accept them, then we do kind of make them a taboo, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, my mom was pretty open to talking to me about those things. I still think that the first same sex couple I ever met was also in college. I can't think of anyone prior to college.
1: No. And I I remember seeing a couple and thinking that they they looked so like mature for for who they were, like thinking in my brain, oh these girls got to be like in their 30s or something and they probably weren't. It's just it seemed like so mature for some like two mm-hmm. women to be in a like a relationship, like it it's like something that could only happen So far down the line, like, this can't happen for me at this age. No, no way. (laughs) But they probably weren't.
0: (laughs) Did we have, or did you have any, this is going to sound stereotypical, but if there was any way you and I were going to be exposed to a gay couple at a younger age. I feel like it might have been through like a teacher, especially a teacher that was in athletics. I don't know. Did you ever have any or and maybe you had no confirmation. You just heavily suspected they were.
1: Yeah, looking back, I had a teacher that basically he'd like danced around the room and he like wore a suit and tie and it wasn't like a. it was more of a prance and he was like very clean, and he would have us clean our desks with pledge, and he was just very like, very soft man. I don't know, just like, I think that probably looking back, I'm like he was probably gay. And then I had another like teacher's aide that wore a lot of rainbow stuff. Mm. And her name, her last name was the same as mine. (laughs) Which was very rare and I was like Oh my god maybe she's like my Aunt or something like that but she was just Covered in rainbow Hippie things all the time And I think I might have A picture with her and I'm just like That's a lesbian (laughs) (laughs) For sure Those are probably my two exposures Yeah,
0: I think there was some teachers looking Back that were most likely Gay and this is Thinking about that makes me sad about things like the don't say gay bill in Florida and other laws being passed in other states because so often you might not have anyone in your family or friends of your parents that are in that group. And so school might be the place you get exposed to that in a safe way and now you are telling those teachers that look they can't talk about their personal lives right and there's a lot of teachers I remember talking about being married and having kids and when we were growing up it wasn't illegal to say the word gay but it certainly was not culturally acceptable and Mm -hmm. so I think to your point those two teachers you mentioned and a couple that I can think of they kind of had to lead a closeted life at school, even if they were maybe out to their friends and family, like they couldn't necessarily be out to the students. And that saddens me because those were like missed opportunities for both you and I to just see that community represented.
1: Yeah. I I do find it like those are my two favorite teachers, you know what I mean? So maybe there mm. was some kind of recognition yeah. there where I was like oh I feel comfortable here being whatever even if I wasn't being maybe they saw something or whatever I don't know but I wish mm-hmm. I could check back on them and be like did is, was there somebody in your life you can tell me now <laughs> in the state of <laughs> Connecticut you can tell them anybody I think you can say just about anything I think <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can say anything you want here in Chicago it's fine <laughs> <laughs> mind the bullets though <laughs> well yeah, that's that's another story. <laughs> oh. That uh boy, we had an Uber. I guess, as we side chuckle, but inside joke. I guess we can share. We were when we were in Charleston. We had an Uber driver who really unprovoked started talking about all the bullets flying around in Chicago uh, and how we have too many. Guns, despite our gun restrictions here, and uh, who would live in this hellhole? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I just nodded along, <laughs> well, laughing in the car.
1: Yeah, so we had to be safe because he was operating the driving position, so he could have taken us into. But if, if anywhere else, I would be telling that guy what was up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I need to maintain my high Uber rating. I couldn't let him give me one star on that shit, so
1: I. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know how many stars he got, but not a five. <laughs>
0: oh, he definitely got low stars from me. OK. Good.
1: Um.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to more exciting parts of yeah. our first experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, It's going to be Pride weekend soon, so let's talk about Pride. Yeah.
1: You know what? My first Pride was Chicago Pride. Was
0: it the time that you came up and visited?
1: Yeah, I had never, at least from what I can remember, which I have to assume if I can't remember going to Pride before Chicago, then it just didn't happen because it it seems like something you would remember. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Chicago Pride was my first Pride, and we very... Intentionally drove up there for Pride. I brought a girl that I wasn't seeing anymore, but I was still like very madly in love with. And it felt nice to know that I was bringing her with me. But I think you can recall that she showed up very late when we needed to go to Pride and how pissed off I was. So, like, great intentions, but yeah, not the person to bring to Pride. But I did notice that Pride in Chicago was more of like, Everyone seemed to at least at that time stop what they were doing and participate. Like I didn't feel like it was just for gay people, which I very much feel like in Florida, a lot of people don't attend pride unless they're gay. I don't yeah, s- I don't feel that at all. Yeah,
0: so my first pride was actually St. Pete before I moved to I went with a friend I worked with at the restaurant Alley. And it was, yeah, yeah, you do. So I had a lot of fun. Um, It was not that large. And I don't remember it being a parade. I remember it being more of like a festival in St. Pete. So it may not have actually, it might have been not called Pride. I. My memory is a little foggy on it, but I th- I think it was Pride and it just really they didn't have a, a parade. It was like I said, more of a festival setting. And it was small, but it was still well attended and there wasn't anyone that came out to like picket or protest or cause disruption. It was very much like a safe space for people in the LGBTQ community to be out as well as anyone who was an ally to come and, you know, felt very welcome. That being said, when I went to Chicago, that year you came up was also my first Chicago Pride. Oh, or was it? No, it was actually my second Chicago Pride, Mm -hmm. actually. Uh, But it was almost overwhelming. So Chicago Pride attracts, I think they've come over a million people before. It's close. It's Along the whole parade route, it's packed. You've seen it. It's like packed on either side for the couple of miles that the parade route is. It's a very long parade. It's lost a couple of hours. Um, and it is. It's to your point, it's not just people who are in the community, it's a ton of allies, people who live in the neighborhood, people who just like a parade. <laughs> the businesses
1: participate
0: the businesses do, and it goes through the North Halstead community in Chicago, which was previously called Boys Town, and it is a predominantly gay community, and if you live in that community, you either identify as LGBTQ+, or you are an ally, like, you don't move to that community unless you're one of those two buckets of people, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but I have to ask you, what do you think about you know? Because I've had conversations with people here, and their worry is that it has kind of diminished the message of pride because it's become such a party, and, and that, like, the message of being a safe space fighting for equality like that is kind of lost in it now because it is such a party atmosphere and I don't know if you have any thoughts you and I went in is 2011
1: I think right I think so yeah I think yeah. so. yeah um I do think it's kind of a lot of partying it more is more partying than I would like mm-hmm.
0: and and,
1: and in St. Pete which is the part that I feel like has made it even like kind it's kind of like breaking, I feel like it's breaking pride down and it's just gonna, I don't know. They changed the tradition of keeping it on Central Avenue because those businesses, um, a lot of them didn't want to participate. And it's not because they weren't supportive, I don't think, but I think it came down to money. So they've pushed our pride to like North Shore Park of St. Petersburg which is known to be, like, the yuppie part of St. Pete. And there's no businesses. There's nothing to do except buy the beer from the vendor that's, like, in that little caged area where they have all this stuff. And they've turned it into more of a drinking event, whereas before on Central Avenue, you could pop into places and there would be stuff happening and you wouldn't just be, like, looking to get smashed. So... I don't honestly know if I'll act... Our Pride is tomorrow, and I don't really know if I'll go. And if I do, I probably won't go for long, just because that's kind of what it's become here in Florida, mm-hmm. at, at our Pride.
0: Yeah, it is very much a party atmosphere. People are out there drinking very early. And as I said, it gets close to, if not over a million people. So people stake out their spot at the front of the... Um, You know, like uh, where the the barricades are, pretty early, and they drink, and then unfortunately, because you have people drinking and so many people packed in, you have things like urinating on the street. You know, things that aren't really great, and kind of a lot of littering, and so in some ways, it ends up not only perhaps minimizing the message and the purpose of pride, but also like. Making the streets dirty in the community that is a prominent, uh, you know, predominantly LGBTQ plus community. So that's kind of a shame. But on the other hand, it draws in a ton of people, and many of those businesses are owned by queer people, or at least owned by allies who create a safe space for queer people to come in and enjoy their store, and mm-hmm. it does bring business to those shops. So, like, that is one trade off is that you're bringing in a million people to an area that then buy things and, you know, support that community. So, I I see that argument to be made as well.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to be like a fun killer, like, you can't go and party for pride, but. Totally not. To me, like, anything, you can show up for anything just to get drunk. Like, it doesn't really matter what it is right so right. we do or we did when they before they moved it to to North Shore Park they had a pride parade on Saturday and on Sunday they would have like a pride maybe more like when you went like a festival with like booths set up and like things mm-hmm. that you could stop by and talk about and it was very like tame and probably the people who got wrecked from the night before did not make it to that and made it that much better so mm-hmm. it was kind of like oh this is the Maybe the older person's pride parade, and I liked going to that. But they've they took that off the books. That, that's done.
0: Oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah, we do have a Pride Fest in Chicago, which is more of a festival that's held. So it was held last weekend, the weekend before the Pride Parade, and they'll do um, you know it's like a festival. So there's booths set up of different vendors, but they also will have performances by drag queens and other artists, and that draws still a big crowd, but not the same levels as Pride. And it's still a party atmosphere, but again, not on the same level as the Pride atmosphere. And I think that maybe gets a little bit better to the heart of like what this is all about. There also used to be um, a dyke march that happened the weekend before Pride in Chicago. and. The Jike March started, I think, very much as an alternative to kind of the party atmosphere, and they want to still like be very rooted in the message that we are, you know, anti-hate, anti-homophobia, anti-transphobia. Um, I was looking to see because, you know, I knew with COVID, a lot of that stuff had been canceled or postponed, and so I was looking this year to see. About because I've actually never been to the Dyke March, and I was like, oh, this might be a good thing to actually engage in if it's back around. And it looks like they may have... um, I don't know this fully. I didn't look too deeply into it, because I I only... um, Anyways, uh, long the short of it is I think they got into some controversy for some anti-Jewish statements that they had made, um, Mm. which is like a shame, because... I love the idea of having something that's maybe a little more true to the cause and and the purpose of what Pride is being available in the city of Chicago. Since, you know, Pride is what it's become and you're not going to like uncork that bottle. Um, But yeah, I don't think the Dyke March exists anymore here because of some of the anti-Semitic things that occurred. Yeah,
1: that's not good. Whoever blew it for them. I know. Not No bueno,
0: no bueno. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, speaking of party vibes, one thing I remember from the lady you brought up here, not to out her on this, but the glitter that she brought was uh, next level. <laughs> next level. We, uh, I think, yeah. had glitter in our bathroom <laughs> until... <laughs> until we left the place <gasps> she like was, I was just a gay man that's
1: all i can say yeah she's uh married with child now oh don't wow. worry so is to, she a has she's a hasbian. i was actually the only woman she'd <laughs> ever she said she would ever be with period i don't know she was experimenting mm. oh, yeah gotcha.
0: well still i'm glad at least chicago we could be your
1: first pride parade oh me too it set the bar very high so i would like to try to go to other prides maybe in smaller actually what other one did we went to nashville pride were you i was gonna say remember the year we did
0: our girls trip in nashville and yes and that was also not a parade that was more of like a festival
1: yeah it was weird though because it felt like it was very like get in your cage welcome to pride like that was very like secluded type of pride situation yeah 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 yeah
0: there was definitely not that i saw anyone like protesting it or causing but it was kind of like keep over here otherwise you won't be safe that was the yeah. vibe i got to
1: yeah i think the rest of nashville might be very um Against that, I would think.
0: <laughs> right. It's maybe not. Yeah. They have one,
1: though, somehow. So they did. Saying. And they got JoJo to perform. And she was
0: great. JoJo killed it. She was. It was taking me back to the college days. I won't sing, because I promise I will not sing anymore. But y'all know the JoJo song that was famous. You can mm-hmm. sing it in your head right now. You don't need me to do it. Yeah.
1: If you don't know, we would like you to stop listening now. Please leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. Get out.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I see what you did there.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man. OK. So how about drag? Tell me your first drag show experience and, and all of your drag experiences.
1: My first drag experience is, uh, I feel like I would, I can't remember the name of the bar. But it was a very sketchy area in Tampa. And we went specifically, I went with lesbians and we went to see the drag show. And my friend at the time, Abby, was exclusively attracted to, to drag queens. That's it. Hmm. So we would go because she would be like trying to get her a drag queen. And like she'd be hitting on these drag queens and they'd be like, listen, honey, you don't have what we need. I'm so sorry. You're cute, but you're just, you know, I need a man. (laughs) i got to be honest. I've
0: never heard of anyone having, I mean, not to say not a crush on a drag queen, but to like that be your type specifically. Yeah,
1: and it was. And like she would love like helping them get ready, taping them up, doing all that stuff. Like she loved it. She did not end up with a drag queen. She ended up with a very beautiful woman, but... That was my first experience, I think, with drag queens. And it was fun. It was fun to watch. Yeah. My first was Key West,
0: that trip where Mm -hmm. uh, you were not quite 21 yet. So, did you, I can't remember, were you able to go to the drag show with us? Was it an 18 and up show or were you not?
1: I can't remember. i think i had i think i had to sit out of a lot of things i think i literally remember that key west like sitting outside with the other person that wasn't 21 yet mm -hmm. was it yeah there's one other person that wasn't 21 and just be like i wonder when they're gonna come there (laughs) (laughs) i know i feel
0: terrible because i i don't recall you being at the show either. And I think it was because it was a 21 and up club. But that was the first time I went to a drag show was in Key West. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, And I do not, I've been to other drag shows here in Chicago. And I will say the level, Okay, so that was in 2005, I think we went there. Maybe, yeah.
1: And And I I go to dates.
0: Well, I kind of, like, tie them to life events. Uh, OK. Like I, you know what I mean? So, yeah. anywho, Uh wh- I've been to drag shows more recently, and, like, the leveling up that drag has seen in the last 15 years or so is bonkers to me. Like, even mm-hmm. when you watch RuPaul's Drag Race from season one to now, just, like, the level of makeup, the level of costume, the level of performance, it is... It has just been skyrocketing, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, there were, there were like, your tears of drag queens, I think, before. And I don't think that, like, I've seen that lately where I'm like, ooh, that person's obviously just starting out. Like, I feel like people really put in the effort all the way, no matter what they're starting out with. Mm-hmm. I will say I've never seen a drag king show. Oh, no, I haven't either. Yeah. Not. I know that they have them at some places, but I haven't seen one.
0: Yeah, I've not either that might be harder I, to
1: pull off. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I we there's a ton of drag related things to do in Chicago. There's Kit Kat Lounge in the North Halstead area that does like drag brunch and like drag dinner shows. It's just like you get dinner and cocktails and there's drag performers and they are excellent. Um, A lot of During the summer there's almost every weekend street festivals And many of the street festivals Not just the Pride Fest um, Will have Drag performers at some point over the weekend Because they're just very popular There are drag trivia nights at bars So like drag queens host the trivia Uh, There's Drag story time. There's drag story time at churches. Um, Like, there's just drag is very much embraced in the city of Chicago. And I'm not saying we can't improve it more. I'm not pretending that we are perfect by any means. But compared to places, other places I've lived, like West Virginia and Florida, (laughs) the uh, access to the drag (laughs) culture is, yeah, it's much more accessible here for sure
1: i don't know if i would want to know west virginia drag but i'm curious
0: <laughs> so i will answer your question the year okay. in, <laughs> I, I do have a at least an answer it may have changed since then but there was one gay bar in morgantown when i went there and this is speaking of morgantown which is the town where west virginia university is so it is a little more liberal and progressive than other areas of West Virginia. So there was one gay bar, and I think it was once a month they had drag night, and I think there were two drag queens, and they were the same ones every month. But it was still I went to it at least a handful of times, and it was still I'm glad that it existed again. To the point of it feeling safe I never saw not to say it didn't exist by any stretch but it seemed that it was like a safe place for people to come and enjoy that experience and to be themselves and not face hatred or
1: you know yeah any everybody needs concerns. That. they need they need some place to be able to be. I hope yeah. it's grown since then maybe there's two. maybe. Two Maybe. gay bars for drag queens. <laughs> they just keep
0: exponentially <laughs> growing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that becomes just like the drag mecca of the world.
1: Could you imagine? You'd be like, I saw it when it was almost nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like a pilgrimage. People are like, have you gone to Morgantown for your pilgrimage, your drag <laughs> pilgrimage? <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. goodness. Oh, what other firsts have you
1: encountered in your years? I mean, I've probably encountered more firsts because I actually, you know, am more first encountered with gay things. Like, you like first, uh, my my first gay look, like what I thought I should wear. Ooh, Um, tell me more. Involved, very much involved uh, cargo shorts. I thought that was like necessary um or like polos trucker hats like stuff like that where i like would never wear that stuff now but at the time it was trendy but it was like trendy for guys so like a lot of lesbians were like this is what i'm wearing (laughs) so i I remember getting like my first like cargo shorts from like old navy and they were like camo and my mother hated them and that made me love them very much (laughs) How old were you? I think I was 18. Like, it was my first year in college or something. Okay. So, that that was my look. Um, Or, like, the first gay bar I went to was in Ebor. And it was flirt. And it was like, I think I took a lot of straight friends there and they loved it. Amanda, in particular, loved it. She's like, I just love being able to dance and nobody bothers you. And, you know, she was like a dance machine. So, she's like, it's just great. (laughs) And they closed down somehow. Like, there weren't enough lesbians to keep it going or something. I don't know what happened. Did it
0: ever? um, I don't know if I recall ever going to flirt. Was it also, was it strictly kind of a lesbian atmosphere? Or were gay men there as
1: well? It was predominantly lesbian. And it was the only, like, of all, like, the gay bars in Tampa or whatever, which there weren't that many looking back at all. But there was more than West Virginia, um, (laughs) that was the only one that was, like, run by lesbians geared towards lesbians. And they were like, you know what? We're going to give gay guys one night. Just one (laughs) night. Because the opposite happens is, like, you go to, like, a gay bar. And if you go on the wrong wrong night, I mean, you're not going to see a chick in there. It's just not going to happen. So they would make a lesbian night. And then you'd just be like, well, I can't go to... Uh, I can't go out on a Tuesday night and you just be like, well, I guess I'm just never going to be able to go to lesbian night.
0: I remember when you came up one year to visit. And I don't i don't think this was the year you came to Pride. I think it might have been a different time. Ramona and I took you to go uh, to Tweet, which is a lesbian bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it turned out it was bear night. And it was, <laughs> yeah. all, it was yeah. all big burly men. And we got in there, we were like, Oh,
1: we had no idea they had a bear night. We're so sorry. <laughs> oh, I know. I had my hair looking good. I was just like, well, I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I think I went to to Roscoe's or something as well. Maybe that that was intentionally to go not to a lesbian night. I don't know if they had a lesbian night, but.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of those North Halstead bars where, Roscoe, where Roscoe's is are both you know, they're open to anyone in the community and they're really geared toward that. Although I will say when I go to those places, I do predominantly see gay men there. That is like the biggest demographic that attends. But I have absolutely seen lesbians there.
1: I don't want to like diss my people, but lesbian bars, I think that we kill them ourselves because our tendency to couple up and shackle down and just get right in you get in the u-haul like we're not going out anymore this is it like we basically have Mm. killed the opportunity for the most part for a lesbian Mm. bar to thrive because i've gone into lesbian bars and everybody's there with their girlfriend so if you go in single
0: not a great place to meet perhaps
1: you're dancing by yourself girl
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would like to propose that straight women and lesbians get together and open up bars because here's the thing. I love going to a lot of the bars in North Halstead for the reasons Amanda love going to flirt. You don't have men being creepy and groping you or doing things that are inappropriate, perhaps spiking your drink. There's like a lot of unfortunately dangerous things that can happen to single women at like a quote unquote, you know, normal or heterosexual club. And I think that's why a lot of women, straight women gravitate toward gay bars is because it does feel much safer. Those things, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not victims in those places. Uh, But I also don't want to infringe upon those spaces, right? Because they're really not supposed to be spaces for straight women. (laughs) Uh, They're supposed to be spaces. Yeah. But here's, <clears throat> here's my proposal, since you know you have suggested that lesbians might be their own downfall in, in bars, why don't we team up together? And we make bars that are for both of us. And it's a safe place where men don't go in there and grope or do anything inappropriate. And the straight women will keep it financially afloat, consistently coming in. (laughs) The lesbians can come in whenever they're needing, you know, a drink. Yeah.
1: Like a night out. We're trying to mingle straight women and lesbians together. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, Yeah, that's what we're saying. I can see the flaw in this, and that would lead to another (laughs) one of my firsts, which is like, who was the first straight girl you either slept with or fell for? (laughs) <laughs> so I feel like a lot of lesbians may not go for that. They'd be like, uh, perhaps thinking they could, you know, change your mind, and, and sometimes they can temporarily. Mm, I okay, that
0: is fair. I do feel like th- that is a good point. That is a good point. Uh, Except I I still if you're think married, can...
1: married straight women are safe because we're very respectful of commitment. <laughs> We've just
0: solved the problem then. That's it. Married straight women, lesbian bar. That needs to be Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: If, if they want to, though. I don't know if married straight women want to go to a lesbian bar. Do they? I don't know what they want.
0: They definitely want to go to a bar where <laughs> men aren't creepy on them and they can get away from their husbands. So yes, 100%, they do. Yeah.
1: We'll call the bar anything but you. And it'll oh. just be like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I love it. I love it. The anything but you bar, done. Well opening mm-hmm. next year, 2023, in a town near you.
1: Morgantown. Um, I think those are most of my firsts, like that we've we've talked about. Anything from you? Do you have any other firsts?
0: That was it. I highlighted all the ones I wanted to talk about. So I, and it looks like it's about time that we wrap up, anyways. So, get yeah. us any questions you have for next week. I'm very excited about next week's episode.
1: Very excited. Me too. And um, I hope there's shock that comes through my face or something for some of them. That's what I'm hoping for, where I'm like, I've never been asked that. Ooh,
0: yeah i don't know i have um i have no idea of some of the questions you may have been asked in your life so i'm not some of them are shocking for me to read but maybe they're not shocking for you to hear so we will find (laughs) out yeah we'll see well everyone take care be rageful we got to protect our reproductive health we got to fight for it uh but we'll catch you next week yeah have a good night bye or good day